My name is Jovi. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Crime Crime Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. I don't know why. (laughs) I was going to say, did you forget your lines? I forgot my name again. Every single time we record when Nikki is not here, I'm always like, hi, and my name is... Charlie? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What is my problem? It's, it's un- me. It's, yes. I mean, yes. Well, because I'm, I'm throwing you, you off. Are, you're throwing me off my game, man. I'm sorry. Whatever. So, Nikki has not joined us again this week. There's a very good reason why she is not here with us. Yes. Um, Do we divulge? Well, because it's not her. It's not it's her. It's not her. There was a possible exposure to Omicron. So The Omega variant. <laughs> Um, So Nikki is being in in excess of caution. Mm -hmm. Nikki um, is taking a break from recording this week, which is super unfortunate because we haven't seen her since before the holidays. Yes. So um, although I appreciate her being cautious. Correct. You know, even though, you know, I know both of us are vaccinated and both have the booster shot. Boosty. um, I know we have the extra layer of protection, but you never know. You honestly never know. And from what it seems like, this is a very like... Yeah, the symptoms are more mild, but it's it's, th- it's a lot catchable. more out there than the Delta yeah. even was. Yeah, and my, my significant other and I are actually going um, away for a little weekend getaway. Not far, far. We're staying in state, but we're taking a little break and going out of town. And I want to do my best to be as uh, unexposed, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of people would be thankful if I was unexposed, um, as humanly possible. So... Um, we miss you, Nikki. Hopefully everything yes. works out okay. Yes, and yes. you will be here next week. Because honestly, I'm saving talking about my Christmas presents until she gets here. Because I don't want to spoil. I want her to find out about what I got for, for Christmas. So, Yes. That makes sense. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. she'll love that. It's in the room with us. And I just pointed it to Jovi. Just, oh, yes, 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 yes. So, like, like, you have no idea the excitement that was no on her face when she opened this present. And you have no idea. When she tells you what it is, you'll definitely understand why. Because yes. when um, our friend told me what she had gotten her, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Yes. And it is something that I talked about on the podcast. So uh-huh. you guys know that this is something that I wanted to get yes so i think you'll be just as excited for me as everyone else i think so but i want to wait until nikki is here before i share the news so that makes sense and i think she'll appreciate i think she will i hope she does um all right so uh we're gonna go ahead and just jump right into tonight's bed crime story i just want to quickly kind of preface this you guys probably know what story i'm going to tell tonight um and that's because when i finished my horrific depressing and horrid telling of the trash bag human (laughs) garbage heap that is jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) i had mentioned this crime kind of at the end of that recording because jeffrey Dahmer was somebody who possibly was a person of interest in this particular crime so um again spoiler alert from last episode uh you guys probably know that i'm going to be telling the story of the kidnapping and murder of adam Walsh. Nice. So uh, my sources for tonight, um, actually my primary source for tonight, which was a really cool find, was a website called justiceforadam.com. And this guy curated all of the police evidence and like the things that are physically on file at the Hollywood Police Department Mm -hmm. and put it all on a website. Everything is scanned directly from all of like the evidence boxes. So that's probably the best source because it's the legit 
evidence by and the detectives. Everything. Yeah, it was it was fascinating to wow. put through this this website. So justiceforadam.com was my first resource. I also got uh, some information from the Hollywood Reporter, um, and then of course just little uh, you know holes kind of filled in from both Wikipedia and Murderpedia. So. Um, All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Our story begins 40 and a half years ago on July 27th, 1981. Six-year-old Adam Walsh and his mother, Revae Walsh, arrive at the Hollywood Mall in Hollywood, Florida. Not California. Not California. 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 It's not California. (laughs) It's Hollywood, Florida. Um, My goodness, it's going to be a long night. I couldn't even get the first (laughs) sentence out. (laughs) That just means it's going to be good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm not alone with stroking out. No, no. I'm actually enjoying, currently as we're sitting here, I'm enjoying another Christmas present, uh, but it's in liquid form. I got a bottle of... Bon Jovi's wine uh, called Hampton Water that's said in my best New Jersey accent Hampton Water um, it is a rosé it's beautiful I'm usually a red wine drinker this is phenomenal it's a very dry rosé I love it and I'm drinking it right now you should uh, you should take a picture and use that as the drink pick mm. prior to the story maybe I will mm-hmm. hashtag John Bon Jovi what up I say Bon Jovi's wine. That's incorrect. It's John Bon Jovi's wine. Like the person, not the band. Mm -hmm. Him and his son own it. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm way off topic. Okay. So (laughs) Adam Walsh and Reve Walsh arrive at the Hollywood Mall in Hollywood, Florida. Reve and Adam stop in the Sears department store in the mall where Reve was looking to purchase a lamp that they had had on sale. So as they make their way through the store to get to like the home department, they pass through the toy section where Adam wanted to stop and play the Atari video game display. Atari. Oh my gosh. Atari. For real. So Reve told Adam that he could stay in the toy section while she made her way uh, just a few aisles over into the home department to price out the lamp. So Reve heads over there. It's about 12.15. Only about 15 minutes have passed by. She comes back to the toy department and Adam is nowhere to be found. So Reve is told by a store manager that a small argument had broken out amongst the kids that were at the Atari kiosk over whose turn it was next to play the game. Mm -hmm. So the security guard had asked the boys to leave the store. Now he also asked them um, if their parents were in the store. Now, the older boys that were there in the group said that they weren't, and they kind of got shooed away out of the store. Um, It was later believed by Adam's parents that he may have been too shy to speak up with Mm -hmm. all the older kids around to the security guard to say that his mom was indeed in the store. Because he wanted to be, like, one of the big boys. Yeah, and, like, he's been described as, like, being older for his age but also incredibly reserved. So he may have just been too shy to speak up or, like, embarrassed to speak up or something, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and in the confusion, he wound up following the crowd of the boys out to the exterior of the Sears store onto the sidewalk. So meanwhile, Reve starts frantically searching the store for any sign of Adam and had had him paged over the over the intercom. Now, coincidentally, as she's searching around the mall or around the Sears, she runs into her mother-in-law, Jean, who happened to also just be shopping at that Sears that day. Did she want the lamp, too? Were they in competition for <laughs> the lamp? Been, might have been lamp competition. It could have. Yeah. So, Reve has this brief moment of relief, thinking, okay, maybe Adam saw his grandmother and, like, followed her. Yeah. But once Reve asked if Jean had Adam, she said no. 
they began to together frantically search um, in Sears. After more than 90 minutes of paging Adam over the intercom and searching the store, Reve called the Hollywood police at about 1.55 p.m. to report him missing. Mm-hmm. So police arrive. They begin their own search of the Sears store and of the mall that is attached, uh, but they were unable to find Adam as well. Um, a command post was immediately set up at the Hollywood police headquarters to support the search. And along with Citizens Crime Watch members, so I guess kind of similar to like a neighborhood watch, mm-hmm. and other local concerned residents, a search of the city and surrounding areas began. So they start to kind of like comb the area. Potential witnesses that were at the Sears store during the time of Adam's disappearance were interviewed by police in an attempt to locate anyone who may have seen Adam around the time he went missing. But since the police were considering this a missing child incident, the in-depth interviews were not concluded that first day. So everything was just very, like, surface and basic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the massive, massive search for Adam continued for 14 days until on um, the 10th of August, 1981, at approximately 6.45 in the evening, the severed head of a child was discovered in a drainage canal along the Florida Turnpike in Indian River County. Now, um, all of the resources said it was at mile marker 130. The police report said the same, but because of extensions to the Florida Turnpike, it is now at mile marker 174. Hmm. I creepily looked it up on Google Maps <laughs> and saw exactly where it was, and it's very eerie and very sad. So, um, northbound Florida Turnpike, mile marker 174. Now, I think everybody who is a murderer or a kidnapper, you know, should have should go to hell and, you know, whatever. And the proper punishment should be mm-hmm. given to them. However, people who murder children oh, there's a deserve special a special in place in hell. Because I'm sorry. Like, yeah, children may not be my forte. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like... They're so innocent. Well, I I feel I agree with you wholeheartedly to the nth degree. And actually, when you first started saying that sentence, you're like, murder should go to, to hell, right? But when you said that, <laughs> I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> this could take a weird turn. Sorry. But no, I agree completely, right? But there is. There's something very um, particularly depraved mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. crimes against the innocent, right? And I feel that way about children. I feel that way about... Um, the elderly yes. who are incapacitated. I even yes. feel that way about people who take advantage of the elderly and like steal their money. Absolutely. It, it, like I, I can't with that. And uh, and animals, people who torture and kill. You guys heard my rant about Michael Vick a couple of weeks yes. ago. I I can't again. Special place in hell. They all yep. like they all have the same yep. building in hell that they all live in together. I feel like because I feel like um, crimes against the like the the children, the elderly, animals. I just feel like it takes an extra kind of hatred, evil. an extra kind of evil, to even consider doing something like Agreed. that. I just, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Like, how, and honestly, it's kind of cowardly. Oh, it's incredibly cowardly. Like, Like what, you can't fight, you can't pick on someone your own size? Right, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, you could, you could kill a child or an old, or an older person because they are not as defensive as somebody, let's say, who's 20, 30 years old. Right, exactly. That makes you look even worse than you already do. you're a weak, evil prick. Correct. Yeah. To give you a little insight into Jovi's psyche about how she feels about people taking advantage of elderly people, 
she and I were watching the documentary about Lou Pearlman <laughs> that Lance Bass produced and put on YouTube. It's great. Watch it. It's fantastic. FYI, if you have the opportunity to watch it, it's called the Boy Band Con mm-hmm. um, on YouTube. And there's obviously they talk a lot about how he was not only swindling money from these young t- teen and 20 something boy banders but it was also he was he was financing it by swindling the retirement funds from elderly investors Mm -hmm. and there was a part where they were interviewing this elderly couple and they were talking about how they lost their entire life savings jovi was beside herself sobbing on my couch (laughs) i was like i kind of stopped and looked at her i'm like yeah right (laughs) it's 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 heartbreaking because yes it is it's just like how and they look like the sweetest people yes, and yeah. it's just like why yeah for what for what like for, you couldn't for, do it honestly for really for for in sync i mean please you could have spared us <laughs> sorry we're we're backstreet boys fans we're around these parts yeah. i mean hey whatever <laughs> um you could have spared us okay where am i at <clears throat> okay so they found it okay yes, yes. mile marker 174 modern 130 in the 80s um and this was about 140 miles north of the hollywood mall mm-hmm. so the next day after the discovery was made a close friend of the walsh family arrived in indian river county florida to attempt to provide an id for investigators and unfortunately the remains were indeed identified as belonging to six-year-old Adam Walsh. Um, they also confirmed that identification with dental records, etc. So divers searched the canal for any additional physical evidence or remains, but none were discovered. A search was conducted along the stretch of road near the canal, but again, no evidence was found. It appeared to the investigators that the area was used simply as a dumping ground, but that the homicide itself had taken place elsewhere. Examination of the skull concluded that there were five distinct blows to the back of the neck and lower rear portion of the head. Um, It was concluded that a very sharp bladed instrument at least five and a half inches long caused the trauma and that the severing of the head appeared to be post-mortem. So I guess, great... Like why? I mean, why? Yeah, why? Oh, I know. You already, you already killed the poor little boy. I know. And you're just gonna cut his fucking head off? Like what? I why? Know. I know. Why? Well, why? and we've had this conversation before about how I feel about the desecration. After, yes. Like it's it's bad enough. Like you just said, it's bad enough you murder this person, but then you have to mutilate the body. Mm-hmm. It's that further place of dehumanizing what mm-hmm. you just did, and it's it's very upsetting to me. Like. We talked about it recently, right, with um, somebody had been killed. I think it was your last Jovi sode. Uh, somebody had been killed and they cut off her hair. No, it wasn't that. Was it that one? No, no, no. It, it was, was the one before. Nikki episode. That's right. It was That's a Nikki right. episode, yes. That um, it was one of the polys. That's right. Um, That's that they right. had killed her and then cut off her hair. Like, it's just like that humiliation and dehumanizing yeah. of your victim yeah. that I don't understand that extra step. Nope. But you had had it with Jerry Brudos. Yes. And him, like, taking the off boob. their breasts. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, just stop. Like, again, bad enough you did what you did. Yep. My God, that different level of evil that that takes. It's just awful. It's its terrible. Yes. Um, so the medical examiner estimated that the time of death was approximately 10 days prior to the discovery. Now, again, we're talking approximately 10 days. This was actually like 13 days after his kidnapping. So possibly could have been same day or at least within a day. Um, and they, he was also able to conclude that the cause of death was likely asphyxiation. Um, still to this day, no other remains of Adam Walsh's body were ever recovered, only his head. 
The police requested that anyone who may have witnessed anything the day that Adam was abducted on July 27th should contact police. So there were some witnesses that came forward in the days following, but nothing was able to be substantiated as being related to the disappearance of Adam. Reve Walsh agreed to be hypnotized in order to try and recover repressed memories from the day that Adam went missing from the Sears store, but she was unable to recount anything that wasn't already on record. And actually, there was a couple of witnesses that they had, I guess, something that was a little bit more substantial, so they would also get hypnotized. This was the common theme in um, in this investigation. On 8-13-81, a boy named Timothy, who had been in the toy department at the same time as Adam, recalled seeing a young man in his early 20s, approximately 5'10 to 6 feet tall, and a must with a mustache, reading a comic book nearby as the boys were playing at the Atari kiosk. After the group of boys were instructed to exit the Sears, the comic book man, I don't know why I put him that, <laughs> the comic book man, the comic book I'm man. just giving him a name, um, followed them out the door and he saw the man run past the boys towards his van, which was a navy blue van parked nearby. Of course it was. <laughs> right. So Timothy, this boy, and his mother leave Sears shortly after uh, this happens. And as the two of them are about to like, step off of the curb to walk towards their car, which happened to be parked near where Reve Walsh's car was, they were nearly hit by the blue van speeding through the parking lot. So, of course, it gets their attention, right? So they turn their attention. They're watching the van. After the van speeds past them, it stops in front of the garden center where a young boy was standing. Mm. The door opened and the person inside waved the boy towards the van and then pulled him inside and drove away. Another witness claimed to have almost been in a car accident with a blue van on the day of Adam's disappearance when he pulled into the parking lot near the Sears between 1230 and 1 p.m. So time is um, consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it also is good to note here that the the description of the van between the boy, Timothy, his mother and this other witness, the um description of the van was identical Mm -hmm. that there was a silver ladder on the back that any distinguishing marks florida license plates etc so the it is very likely that it was the exact same van okay um after countless interviews and leads uncovered um no viable suspects the case begins to go cold in april 1983 so almost two years later a man named Otis Tool was arrested in Jacksonville, Florida on arson charges. And while he's in jail on October 21st, 1983, Otis confesses to killing Adam Walsh. So Otis Tool was born on March 5th, 1947 in Jacksonville, who was born and raised there. Um, as a young child, Otis was a victim of incest at the hands of many close relatives, including mm. his older sister and a next door neighbor. Mm. His maternal grandmother was a Satanist. Wow. Who, yes, who exposed to him uh, various satanic practices and rituals when he was a boy, including self-mutilation and grave robbing. Jesus Christ. Yes, and his grandmother dubbed him the beautiful pet name of Devil's Child. Wonderful. Yeah, that, that'll do great things for your self-esteem. I mean, <clears throat> we called my sister Devil Child. Oh, I true. mean... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's, let's go. Yeah. Let's keep going. The amount of times that Jovi's younger sister has pulled my hair and punched <laughs> me in the back seat of a car driving somewhere when we were children—it's uncountable. Yes. 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 She's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so in 1976, Otis Tool meets Henry Lee Lucas, which is another heavy hitter type of a name that is well known in the true crime circles. 
Um, so the two of them meet at a Jacksonville soup kitchen, and they soon develop a sexual relationship. Tool later claims that he accompanied Henry Lee Lucas in at least 108 murders, sometimes at the request of a cult called the Hands of Death, based out of Mexico. Ooh. Yeah. Henry Lee Lucas later recanted all of his confessions, saying that he made such statements only to improve his living conditions in jail. I mean, Which, mm, yeah. uh-huh. now I well, look, truth comes out of lies. That's true. So I'm um, sh- maybe true. he just exaggerated. Yeah, but yeah, I was reading um, on Murderpedia. Now I do want to give a very huge trigger warning to anybody who decides to look further into Otis Tool, um, particularly his Murderpedia, because they give. Um, verbatim quotations of interviews of him of him describing in incredibly disturbed depraved detail um that i will never unremember um about the things that he's done to children um so i do want to give a huge trigger warning like if you on i i wish i had never seen it i want to warn you to just it's not worth looking um but in in his murderpedia not in that section but he did talk about with this hands of death cult that they would kidnap and murder people or kidnap people near the border uh, of mexico and then drive them into mexico um, where the hands of death cult would then kill them and then give otis tool the remains for him to uh live out his stop it yeah so stop it's just it. it's awful like this man is you just like watch interviews with him and i mean honestly you just look at his face and it's sh- shivers up your spine Ugh. he's the very essence of evil this so person. he really is the devil's oh child. no he's legit the devil's child that's terrible mm-hmm. like i didn't read any of this i didn't know any of this but like my stomach churned as you were saying that he's one of the worst like jeff i'm not saying jeffrey Dahmer was like a he was fine all of them are fucking this the things that I read that this man has said is like I said, I will never be able to unsee them. Awful, awful, awful things. So anyway. Um, a few weeks after Otis Tool confessed to killing Adam Walsh, the investigators in the case announced that they did not consider Otis to be a suspect in the case. Um what? Because he kept recanting and going back and everything. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Now Adam's father, the true crime legend, John Walsh, maintains that he believes Otis to have been the murderer of his son, even from this early in the investigation. Okay. Now Otis Tool was never charged in Adam's case. Now he he did provide seemingly accurate descriptions of how he committed the crime. And several witnesses also place him in the Hollywood area in the days leading up to Adam's disappearance. So Tool said that he lured Adam into his white 1971 Cadillac with promises of toys and candy and then proceeded to drive north. Are you seeing the disconnect on the vehicle? Sure am. Okay, good. I'm glad you're there. So um, (laughs) he lured Adam into his 1971 Cadillac with promises of toys and candy, proceeds to drive north on Interstate 95 towards his home in Jacksonville. Adam was at first calm, docile, kind of, I guess, like in a trance at that point or like in shock. But as they start to drive, he begins to panic and cry and call for his mother and, you know, things that a six-year-old child would do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Tool gets annoyed and punches him in the face. But as this just made Adam cry more, (laughs) he then, quote, walloped him into unconscious. 
walloped. Yeah. Like, he sure does pack a wallop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, while Adam was unconscious, Tool drove north onto the Florida Turnpike to a deserted service road just north of the Radabaugh Road overpass in northwest St. Lucie County. When Tool realized that Adam was still breathing, he strangled him to death with a seatbelt, dragged him out of the car, and decapitated him with a machete. Tool also claimed to have incinerated the body in an old refrigerator when he returned back to Jacksonville. Yes, he claimed that the intention of kidnapping Adam was to make him his adopted son, but with all of the publicity surrounding the situation, it would have been impossible. Yeah. So there was blood found in Tool's car, but the source of the, t- the blood could not be identified. The police ultimately lost, get this, get oh, this ridiculousness. The police ultimately lost not only the blood-stained carpet from the car, the machete said to have been used in the um, to decapitate Adam was also lost, and eventually they lost the car itself. How do you lose the like? I How do you lose a car? How, How do you lose a whole ass car? Do you know right now, as we sit here talking to one another, the beetle that Ted Bundy used and the Bronco and the O.J. Simpson murders are sitting in somewhere in frickin' buttfuck Tennessee. Yep. Just waiting for people to walk by and take pictures of it. And these jaggles lose a 1971 Cadillac? Make... I don't understand. Ridiculous. How... Whole ass car. Like... Gone. Uh... I don't even have words. I can even <laughs> in my little pea brain can understand the carpet and the machete. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. You lose that in a move from one department to another, mm-hmm. a sticky fingered detective. What who fucking a, a car? A whole no. ass car? Nope. Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. just no. Sorry, my man. Sorry, my man. Okay. So Otis Tool would write this is it's not the worst. it's all the worst. <laughs> Honest Tool would write letters from prison to the media and even directly to John Walsh, oh not only admitting to killing Adam, but would write in vivid, horrid detail what he did to Adam and to many, many others. Otis oh. Tool repeatedly confessed and then retracted accounts of his involvement. And that's why they never charged him, because it was... He would tell these stories and then pull it back. Tell these stories and yeah. pull it back. Yeah. They were never able to 100%. The, the blood him. The blood was not able to be identified. Those little things that kept. And most of the witnesses saw this blue van. He had a white Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on here, right? So in September 1996, he dies in prison of cirrhosis at the age of 49 while Aww. serving a life sentence for other crimes. So sad. I know. His niece told John Walsh that he had made a deathbed confession to Adam's murder. His confession was viewed his confession was viewed as unreliable as he and Henry Lee Lucas had both confessed to or implicated themselves in more than 200 homicides and most of Henry Lee Lucas's confessions were later later revealed to have been false uh, because he was coerced by the Texas Rangers. Jesus Christ. Now, in two, the, the reason we're all here. In 2007, according to allegations that earned widespread publicity, Jeffrey Dahmer, who was arrested in Wisconsin in 1991 after doing all the terrible things I told you about a couple weeks ago, um, was also named as a suspect in Adam's murder. He was actually named as a suspect in Adam's murder. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer's own father called America's Most Wanted soon after his son's arrest to claim that he believed that his son was a pedophile and possible... Uh, perpetrator of this crime. Well, shit. Yes. Jeffrey was living in Miami Beach at the time of Adam's murder. Which isn't far from Hollywood, for those of you who Mm -hmm. are not aware. Yep. 
and two eyewitnesses possibly have placed him at the mall on the day Adam was abducted. Hmm. One claimed to have seen a strange man walking in the toy department. The other said that he saw a young man throw a struggling child into a blue van. Interesting. Yes. Both witnesses recognized the man that they had seen as Jeffrey Dahmer when pictures of him were released in newspapers after his arrest. Reports reveal that the delivery shop where Jeffrey Dahmer worked, remember he worked at a sub shop yes. and he was a delivery guy? Yes. The sub shop where Jeffrey Dahmer worked had a blue van at the time. Yeah. Yes. Very, very, very interesting. Very interesting. Now we know, obviously, Jeffrey Dahmer preyed on young men and boys. Uh, the youngest of his known victims were was eight years older than Adam, but I mean... Yeah. I mean, I don't think age would stop him. <sighs> yeah. And we also know that his MO included severing his victims' heads. Mm-hmm. When he, but when he was interviewed about Adam Walsh in 1992, Dahmer repeatedly denied his involvement in the crime, even stating, and this is where my brain actually believes Jeffrey Dahmer. He states, quote, I've told you everything, how I killed them, how I cooked them, and who I ate. Why wouldn't I tell you if I did it to someone else? I mean... And honestly, he's 100% he right. He is. He is. Because he, right. he was very open about everything. He was very forthcoming about his depravity. Yes. So there's no reason for him to be like, mm, not this one. Yes. You know? But, and after this rumor surfaced, John Walsh stated that he had seen zero evidence linking Adam's abduction and murder to those that were committed by Dahmer and held true to his theory that it was the whole time out of stool. Yes. Um, on December 16th, 2008, Hollywood police chief Chad Wagner with his friend John Walsh present made the announcement that the case was now closed. An external review of the case had been conducted and police announced that they were satisfied that Otis Tool was indeed the murderer. Mm. John Walsh later said in an interview that the police had held Adam's head in a morgue for over 27 years because the case was still open. And it wasn't until this announcement in 2008 that they were finally able to lay him to rest. That's terrible. Isn't that awful? That's terrible. Mm -hmm. So here's some aftermath of the case. So following the crime, the Walsh family founded the Adam Walsh Child Resource Center, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to legislative legislative reform. The centers, uh, originally located in West Palm Beach, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Orange County, California, and Rochester, New York, uh, wound up merging with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, where John Walsh serves on the board of directors. Mm. The Walsh family organized a political campaign to help missing and exploited children. And despite bureaucratic and legislative problems, John and Revae's efforts eventually led to the creation of the Missing Children Act of 1982 and the Missing Children's Assistance Act of 1984. That's amazing. Yeah. And then wait, there's more. Today, <laughs> today, John Walsh continues to testify before Congress and state legislators on crime, missing children and victims rights issues. His latest efforts include lobbying for constitutional amendments for victims rights. Mm. The Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act was signed into law by U.S. President George W. Bush on July 27th, the anniversary of his death, 2006. Um, 25 years. I can't math that fast. 81. 25 years. Yeah. 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 Look at me go. I'm no. terrible at math. We and know you're that. you're drinking wine, too. Look and at you. I'm almost done with my glass of wine. Maybe the that? wine helps your brain. The wine makes me smarter. <laughs> See, I just got to be drunk all the time. There you go. Um, on July 27, 2006, following a two-year journey through the United States Congress, it was intensely lobbied for by John Walsh and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Primarily, this act 
bleh, bleh, bleh. Primarily, this act focuses on a national sex offender registry, tough penalties for failing to register as a sex offender following release from prison, and civilian access to state websites that track sex offenders. Mm -hmm. Critics argue that the system amounts to making offenders wear a lifelong scarlet letter regardless of the circumstances of their case. And to that I say, who cares? (laughs) You did the the crime? You did the crime? You You do the time. time. Mm -mm -mm. And I'm sorry, that should never be erased from your record. Like, you fucking did it what the hell do you expect I I don't care if you're you know you found Jesus in jail or whatever the case may be you're still a pedophile you're still just uh, 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 sorry Mm this is making me angry Mm mm-hmm Uh, Usually it's me who's a man. I know. Um, By the late 1990s, many malls, department stores, and supermarkets and other such retailers have adopted what is called the Code Atom, a movement first started by Walmart star... Way (laughs) (laughs) How is that now? Code Atom, a movement first started by Walmart... Wow. (laughs) More, more it's because more. it's because you want to call it Wally World. Yeah, that's it. A movement first started by Walmart stores in the southeastern United States. Say that ten times, face. Oh my god, ten times fast. Oh my god. Okay, so a code atom is announced when a child is missing in the store, or if a child is found by a store employee or customer. Mm. If the child is lost or missing, all doors will, are locked, and a store employee is posted at every exit while a description of the child is generally broadcast over the intercon system. Code Adam is a term that has become synonymous with a missing child and is the predecessor to an Amber Alert, which serves as a system of broadcast-driven community notification. Nice. Yes. And it's just a shame that all this had to happen for this to come into play. I agree. Um, John Walsh expanded his advocacy by creating multiple television programs dedicated to finding answers to countless unsolved crimes. The most popular of all of these, of course, is America's Most Wanted, which was hosted by John Walsh himself um, on Fox from 1988 to 2011, mm-hmm. and then again on Lifetime from 2011 to 2013. There was a 2021 revival of the show on Fox that was given a full endorsement from John Walsh, but it was hosted by Elizabeth Vargas. Um, as of April 2021... Okay. As of April 2021, America's Most Wanted has resulted in how many captures of wanted fugitives do you think they have resulted in? Directly caused by things that were seen on America's Most Wanted. I'm going to say 550. I want you to double that because it was 1,190 captures. Holy shit. Yes. 1,190 captures of wanted fugitives are directly because of the impact of America's Most Wanted. That's amazing. Isn't that insane? That is amazing. Insane. And the most famous of all of these is probably the capture of John List, Mm -hmm. who murdered his entire family in 1971, disappeared, and was captured after he was featured on America's Most Wanted Mm -hmm. in 1989. Another interesting factoid, Elizabeth Smart, when she was kidnapped, um, John Walsh and her father, Mr. Smart, I think it's Ed, Ed Smart, I think, um, Ed Smart went to John Walsh and was asking him, like, I want you to give it to me straight. What are my chances? What do I have to expect? What do I do? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really, like, you know, cut the bullshit. What's going on? Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah. And John Walsh was like, look, most of the cases I deal with do not have happy endings. Like, you're just going to have to kind of, like, do what you can do to mm-hmm. keep your hope alive. 
but also prepare that this could be a really bad situation. So basically, expect the worst, but hope for hope, the best. Exactly. Yeah. So John Walsh put the suspected kidnapper of Elizabeth Smart on America's Most Wanted. Like three days later, he was discovered, and That's Elizabeth amazing. Smart was was rescued. That's and the Smart amazing. family like directly credit John Walsh with her capture absolutely or with her return and like that's that's amazing and it's amazing that you know john and his wife did all of that mm-hmm. and like just the fact that as much as it you know it gutted him that adam was kidnapped and killed and you know they just agreed that Otis tool was the um was who was guilty behind it the fact that he is able to put other parents mind at ease and just helping others find their missing family members kids put this fugitive behind bars yes like that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. and that must help him be like you know what something good came out of it. something good can come of this absolutely you know i just very recently with the gabby petito um case Mm. He was very vocal right after that happened um, Mm -hmm. against the Laundry family. And actually, he coined the term the Dirty Laundries, (laughs) just FYI. And I saw um, a wonderful interview with him on TV talking about the Laundries. And his his big thing was, if you have nothing to hide, say something. Right. Right. Um, And I think that John Walsh had to have been somewhat of an inspiration to Gabby Petito's father, who talks a lot of after Gabby was her body was found and it you know came to be that she was unfortunately deceased Mm. he was okay well let's have the same energy that we have for gabby petito for all of the other missing people Mm -hmm. in the country like i want this to continue let's make Mm -hmm. this a thing you know and i can't help but think that there's a little bit of a john walsh effect to that you know yeah um the interviews that i watch with him um when he does talk about adam still to this day over 40 years later it's it's still incredibly heartbreaking to watch him talk about his son. Um, him and Reve have had three children since Adam passed. Adam was their oldest. Um, his one son, actually, no, I'm sorry, his two sons, um, both of them do some of the shows with him. Nice. So um, now he has um, on the hunt with John Walsh or something like that, and the boys help him with that nice. I say boys they're the same age as us they're almost right boy. right um and then his daughter uh was like a singer actress and she lives in south florida with her family mm-hmm. so it's just you know they they did the absolute best with the shittiest hand that could possibly be dealt to them mm-hmm. and um yeah so it's just i i have nothing but endless respect for john walsh absolutely absolutely the, the thing that i do also appreciate about john walsh is not only the fact that he was able to create this like in incredibly gleaming silver lining from the worst dark cloud on the planet um is also the fact that he doesn't shy away from saying how he truly feels about these disgusting fugitives that he's catching um very similar to how like we're just like i just don't like these fucking gross people <laughs> like i mean i'm sure he, he he actually obviously says it in a no 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 no, no he not. really doesn't he 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 really digs in there um he's very frank about how he feels about people who would ever dare to do these horrible depraved things and i can relate to that feeling of i just don't i don't get it and i don't understand it and i don't think i ever will but at the end of the day it all has to do with the victims and advocating for victims and 
I mean, hey. Yeah, because for him. What would John Walsh do? Exactly. And Mm -hmm. like for him advocating for Adam, look at all, look at everything he accomplished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That is amazing. I mean, you hate to see and you hate to ever think. You hate to ever think that it was for a purpose, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. hate to think that there, there, there was a reason why that awful thing had happened to that sweet, innocent little boy. Yeah. But for these thousands of people, literally thousands of people that his father has eventually gone on to save and help and protect, mm-hmm. um, not only through his television shows, but through the legislative acts that he was able to to push through or help push through um you you know he's got to be proud oh i'm sure he's got to be proud and i'm sure adam's proud too that's what i meant oh yep i was <laughs> agreeing with you totally agreeing with you sorry it's all right sorry, sorry um so yeah so i'm um yeah i'm off cutie pie that's such a it's a sad story but it's a it's a mm, it's oddly uplifting. It is oddly uplifting and it's a good story to tell, I think. Agreed. Agreed. So I'm and glad again, you did that. Spoiler alert. Next week Nikki's going to tell a story that I think we will find similar mm-hmm. feelings about. So Agreed. um spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um we appreciate every single one of you guys. We yep. love the things that, you know, you send us and do for us and say to us and all that fun stuff. And we You love, make us smile. You do make us smile. We love connecting with you. Um, we've had a lot of really great uh, messages over the holiday break. Yes. And it's it's greatly appreciated to know that you guys are out there and you appreciate what we do. Um, because, I mean, we do do it for you. We do it for you. We do yeah. it for you guys, and we do it for the countless victims out there that deserve a voice. Everything we do, we, we do, do it for you. Oh, yeah. That just happened. You're yeah. welcome. Um, there's no love. Sorry. I started that. So I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you another thingy and Shane, you leave with story real quick. <laughs> oh, that's another thing I need to tell. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So, first of all. Jovi gifted me a dreidel set from Thingy and Shingy Leibowitz for Christmas. No, so, no. For Hanukkah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was for Hanukkah. I apologize. Yes. So if you guys do remember that episode where we talked about my childhood, uh, mm. uh, yes, my childhood imaginary friends, Thingy and Shingy, yes. they gifted me a dreidel set for, for Hanukkah. Yes. When I picked the gift up off the floor and saw who it was from, uh, from I almost fell off my chair. Yes. It was amazing. Uh, it was very funny. But quickly, you mentioned that song. That was, like, my favorite song when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, that song was my jiggity jam. Uh-huh. And I want to say that that was the song that made me, like, want to be a singer and actually learn how to sing. Yeah. And that was, like, my bathroom jam. So, oh, like, no. I would be, like, sitting on the toilet singing to Thingy and Shingy. <laughs> that everything I do, I do it for them. <laughs> so it was that one. That was my that was my song. So you mentioned it. I was like, oh. Amazing. Gotta bring it back. Gotta they, bring it they back. They got, like, private concerts. They did, because they lived in the tiles on yes. the bathroom floor. Yes, yes, they did. Oh. I thought it was on the bathroom wall. No, bathroom floor. Oh, the floor. My bad. My bathroom bad. Floor. There were little apartment buildings. Got it, got it, yes. got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening to our Unhinged podcast. Um, not to be confused with the podcast Unhinged no. by Chris Clemens, who I love so much, but... Um, We'll see you guys all next week. Please mm-hmm. be kind to one another. Like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast. Spotify actually lets you rate 
podcast now, so that's exciting. Do all the rating. Um, do all the rating. Uh, tell a friend. You can shoot us an email at bedcrimestoriespod at gmail.com if mm-hmm. you guys have a story request. I have a couple like in the can that I need to go through and, and put on like a list or something somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find us on social media, Instagram at bedcrimestories. Um, I would say our Twitter. It's the same thing, but I don't effing use it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, so again, we'll see you guys next week. Be kind to one another. Yes. Um, we'll talk to you soon. But until then, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. I do it for you. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.